Hello and welcome to Car Space. So on this episode, I wanted to talk about a short-lived merger or kind of failed, failed marriage that produced some pretty cool vehicles called Diamond Star Motors. So stay tuned. So Diamond Star Motors, or DSM as it's affectionately known in the car world, was sort of a merger or like I said a failed marriage between Mitsubishi and Chrysler. So what you get is Mitsubishi has a logo that's three diamonds and Chrysler is a Pentastar logo. So Diamond, Star, Diamond Star, you get it. But to look at the history of this company, I wanted to go way, way back and look at the history of Mitsubishi. Long before they were ever making Evo Lancers that battled out with the Subaru WRX, Mitsubishi actually started out way back in 1870 by Yotaro Iwasaki as a shipping firm that started with three aging ships. Three aging ships. Diamonds. You get it. Mitsubishi is Japanese. Uh, in Japanese is actually translated as three stars. Mitsu is three. Bishi is roughly translated to mean stars. Hence the logo. Mitsubishi diversified itself several times, starting with shipping cargo, then going into coal mining, then later paper, steel, glass, electrical equipment, aircrafts, oil, and real estate. It would eventually actually be uh, split up into three companies, Mitsubishi Bank, Mitsubishi Corporation, and Mitsubishi Heavy Industries. I'm saying Mitsubishi a lot, and I feel like I'm not saying it right anymore. The latter is actually the one that we would that would contain Mitsubishi Motors, which is obviously for our purposes is the one that we're going to focus on. So as you can see, well before they were making cars, Mitsubishi was a very prominent company. But their car company was not so much. Their first car was actually built in 1917 when the shipbuilding firm built the Mitsubishi Model A. I guess everything, nobody had any creativity back then. Model T, Model A, it, it, anyways. <laughs> Uh, they actually hand-built a seven-seater sedan based on the Fiat Tipo 3 and was Japan's first series production automobile. However, it was discontinued in 1921 after having only built 22 units as the cost was very high compared to the European and American mass-produced vehicles of the time. In 1937, they actually tried again after a merger with the shipbuilding sector and the aircraft sector and built the PX-33 model, which was a prototype sedan built for military use. Uh, it was actually the first Japanese car ever built with all-wheel drive, something uh, Mitsubishi also obviously became known for uh, later in life as well. So after uh, the war ended, World War II, they went back to building vehicles. With a, They built a bus, a three-wheeled cargo vehicle, and a scooter with a cool name called the Silver Pigeon. I feel like that it sounds Silver Pigeon sounds like like an old-timey racer's name, like an old-time racer's nickname. Uh, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries was actually split into three separate regional companies by the Allies after World War II. They had the Central Japan region actually had a contract with Willys, which if you uh, know anything about Willys, they were actually the makers of the Jeep at the time. Uh, and so Mitsubishi actually got to sell Jeep's CJ3B. And fascinatingly, they actually did so until 1998. So up until 24 years ago, you could still buy a brand new Mitsubishi Jeep CJ3. 
And for any of you Jeep aficionados out there, that's pretty cool. I don't know how you'd get a hold of one now. I don't. I assume they obviously weren't made in the states, so or weren't brought to the states. So I don't know where they were manufactured or how hard it is to get a hold of one. But that's pretty cool. So Mitsubishi's first successful car was actually the Galant, which uh, I don't know if it's still around now, but it was out until recently. It was released in 1969, and two years later is where our story begins with Chrysler. So now I want you to imagine in 1971, you had Mitsubishi walking down the beach, looking forlorn, waiting for the great love of their life that will help take them to a more global presence. And then Chrysler is on that same beach, walking the other way, walking towards each other. Their eyes lock. They know each of them is what they've always wanted. The one that will help them to global dominance in the automotive industry. Or at least that's what they thought. So Mitsubishi Heavy Industries actually sold a 15% stake in the company to Chrysler. With the first car being imported uh, being the aforementioned Galant as the Dodge Colt. You see, Chrysler recognized that they needed a more small, fuel-efficient vehicle. And Mitsubishi Heavy Industries wanted someone to show Mitsubishi Motors essentially how to turn a profit. And for some reason, they hooked up with Chrysler for that. And we'll get to that in a while. You'll understand why that's kind of a joke. So Mitsubishi initially was importing cars to the U.S. for Chrysler to sell as the Dodge Colt, as we just said. And then they brought in a couple more models. And the annual production actually skyrocketed as Mitsubishi started to sell vehicles directly, which started to cause friction in the new marriage as Chrysler saw that their sales were being dipped into by the Japanese company. And Mitsubishi felt like Chrysler was trying to make too many decisions. By the 1980s, production had finally broken a million vehicles annually, but there was trouble. Chrysler was facing bankruptcy and needed some fast cash. Again, I go back to the joke, because this, this is not the last time you're going to hear this, where Mitsubishi was like, hey, the heavy industries was like, hey, show my little company here how to make money, and they went to Chrysler, who couldn't keep money. So uh, Chrysler, like I just said, was facing bankruptcy and needs fast cash, so they sold off their stake in the Australian division which then got renamed Mitsubishi Motors Australia. So in 1982, the U.S. was finally introduced to the brainchild behind some of those new Chrysler models, and Mitsubishi began selling, sell, began selling directly through 70 dealers in 22 states. Those cars were the Tredia Sedan, the Cordia, and my personal favorite, and the one that started me looking down this rabbit hole, the Stereon Coupe. I'm sorry, that was it was a good-looking car. Like if I could go back and have an 80s Japanese sports car. It's not going to be the Supra. It's not going to be the 300Z, although I, I like that too. It's going to be the Stereon. I'm sorry, it was a good-looking car with the wide body kit on it. So Mitsubishi was only allowed to sell 30,000 units annually as per an agreement between the, uh, Japan and the U.S. But the problem was, so they're actually allowed to, uh, I, I think, bring in 120,000, right? So Chrysler was importing up to 120,000 units. The problem was because they were kind of in cahoots, Mitsubishi's 30,000 was cutting into Chrysler's 120,000 that they were allowed. And that obviously, again, this marriage is not going well. Uh, so the answer lied within what Toyota and Honda had already done was to build a factory in the U.S. to undercut the import restrictions. And to do that, they looked back at their strained marriage spouse Chrysler and decided to go 50-50 on a new factory in Normal, Illinois and created the child known as Diamond Star Motors. 
Chrysler left control of the factory to Mitsubishi, and Mitsubishi also provided the engines and transmissions. Now let's be clear, this marriage was not going well. Communication was lacking, and according to one Chrysler executive, that may have been in part due to the language barrier and partly due to the Japanese culture of only answering the questions asked and not divulging extra information. That'd be like me saying, how are things? And then you not telling me that you're losing a ton of money and your company's about to go bankrupt. Things are not going well, is maybe what you would answer with, I don't know. So the first vehicle released in the new factory was actually the Mitsubishi Eclipse, the Eagle Talon, and the Plymouth Laser. They were a 2 plus 2 coupe triplets. Cool looking cars as well. Everyone loves those cars. If you don't, it, you're not a car person. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, in 1988, Mitsubishi actually finally went public with heavy industries reducing its stake to 25% and Chrysler upping its to 20%. Now, something I forgot to mention here, uh, I'd have forgotten to it, write it down, but I had read it. Uh, when Chrysler initially invested into Mitsubishi, the idea was that it eventually would completely buy Mitsubishi. As you're going to find out, that never happened. So more vehicles would follow with the Mirage, Colts, and Summit sedans, as well as the Gallant, Avenger, Sebring, and Stratus. Again, the Sterion was actually uh, was imported, and it was imported as the Conquest. I believe the Chrysler Conquest. Not Eagle, but maybe. I don't know. Uh, again, that was my favorite, though. Uh, not, that it not that you care what my favorite is. Uh, some of the issues with uh, DSM... Uh, seemed to be, as I said before, communication. Among this, the styling departments did talk between Chrysler and Mitsubishi, but the engineering and manufacturing departments did not. Which, had it, Chrysler would have moved its quality ahead by years. But instead, much like Numi that we talked about last year, Chrysler gained nothing and learned nothing from this process. Same as, again, GM partnering with Toyota and then gaining no knowledge from it, or just flat out refusing to do it, Chrysler, same thing. They had Mitsubishi there. They could have taken any of these production things. Because another story that I did read, uh, Mitsubishi was looking to take a Chrysler to to bring back to Japan, but they refused to do it because they said that the, the body panels, that the build quality wasn't good enough for Japan. And again, that, that just it strikes me as this, you know, like this, this hard-headed way of looking at it and going, we could better our business and make our cars better, but we refuse to do it because it's them and it's not us. Anyways, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. In 1991, as Chrysler was once again in financial trouble, again, Mitsubishi went to this company and said, hey, let's learn how to make money. He went to the wrong company. Mitsubishi purchased Chrysler's interest in the company. It would only manufacture Chrysler products contractually, and Chrysler actually sold off its remaining stake in 1993. And in 1995, Diamond Star Motors, which was was formally renamed Mitsubishi Motors Manufacturing America, and the divorce was finalized. The plant in Normal continued on, producing cars like the Endeavor, the Gallant, the Eclipse, among others, but was actually finally shut down in 2016, as in all, as all manufacturing moved to Japan. The plant does live on though, as it was purchased by Rivian, uh, the electric truck company startup in 2017. So there you go. That was a history of a marriage that failed, but produced some amazing children and left a legacy in the car world. So thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, please let me know. Email me at theautoriff at gmail.com or join the Car Space Facebook group and connect with me or others that love cars as well. So until next time, drive safe.